Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and in this um, episode I'm going to talk about the retrenchment of rights and working life and uh, freedoms for black Americans from the 1890s to the uh, eve of the First World War, really actually up to 1915 and the birth of the second Ku Klux Klan and how this process comes about and how the gains of the Reconstruction era in the decades, the immediate decades after the end of the American Civil War come to be overturned. And why it is between 1895 and 1915, uh, those decades uh, see some of the direst conditions for black Americans in the history of the United States following uh, the emancipation from slavery. The 1890s uh, were a period of time in the South where uh, 90% of black Americans uh, lived uh, in the uh, last part of the 19th century, where an effective uh, campaign against them was waged to strip them of all of the gains made at the end of the Civil War and in the decade that followed. Um, Their basic rights of citizenship were removed in piecemeal fashion and the effective right to vote, whilst it was now enshrined in the Constitution, was removed by laws that were passed at a state level and legal segregation was enforced in nearly every aspect of everyday daily life. Um, The poor sharecroppers and other agricultural labourers in the South uh, were reduced to the level of kind of feudal peons and serfs, uh, while slavery could never be fully reintroduced, uh, and and very close equivalent, uh, and economic slavery was um, brought back into the lives of black Americans. And this was enforced by paramilitary violence. Um, in There are some very interesting parallels between uh, the working and living conditions of black Americans in the South 
post-slavery and the lives of Russian peasants post-emancipation uh, from serfdom, which began happened in obviously 1861. In both instances, a large free population, rural population, presented uh, an unpalatable threat to uh, the prior landowning class, and they sort about uh, sort of set about to find ways to sabotage this and to reinforce a level of economic and social and political control in the countryside. Uh, and we'll find out how that happens in this podcast in America. But by the time Alexander II, the Tsar emancipator in Russia, had been assassinated in 1881, his son Alexander III, arch-reactionary, came to the throne and had long planned to uh, help uh, roll back some of the reforms that were instituted and saw the roots of chaos in Russia emanating from the countryside and the reintroduction of uh, or the introduction of land captains who were a form of kind of rural police but really they were simply the former serf owning landowners now in the garb of a kind of a rural gendarmerie who could inflict the kind of punishments, flogging particularly, that the landowners had previously enjoyed uh, and were now able, through other means, to simply police the countryside and keep, uh, keep order in the way that they already had done. So in the, uh, after the Reconstruction era in America and during the reactionary era of Alexander III, there are both there are parallel attempts, not necessarily connected in any way, but interestingly mirroring one another, um, to uh, attempt to regain some kind of order in the countryside and uh, to um, bring about a, a kind of a reintroduction of previous uh, social relations in the uh, in rural areas. Um, using essentially the same methods, um, but having them legitimised in slightly different ways. Between the 1890s and um, the first uh, two or three decades of the 20th century, life for black Americans was perhaps at its, its greatest crisis point since the uh, Civil War. The exposure to extreme violence and intimidation, particularly in the South, but not exclusively in the South. Um, poverty, the lack of uh, civil rights, and the lack of any opportunity uh, to advance uh, social or economic situation of black people uh, led to immense hardship among uh, black communities, particularly in the South. There's a tendency in uh, the teaching of this topic area, uh, the teaching of black civil rights, to view this period of time as really a kind of uh, a prologue to um, the teaching of post-war civil rights and Martin Luther King and the uh, struggle for civil rights and the black power movement. And this is very often what happens in schools. But uh, this period of time is extremely important, and if you skate over it and you don't quite uh, grasp it in its depth, 
everything that happens following this makes progressively less sense. Um, there has been an, obviously an enormous amount of scholarship on the subject of Martin Luther King, and that has in, at some points in time been to the detriment of the period 1890 uh, to 1915. The misleading view that students sometimes acquire is that the period uh, from the 1950s and 60s was a, a period of struggle, which it certainly was, um, but prior to that um, there had been no struggle at all of, of any, any note. And again, this is, this is misleading. Um, the suffering that black Americans endured in the uh, 1890s, 1910s and 1920s wasn't simply passively accepted either and there were all sorts of measures um, to either uh, confront segregation or try to find some sort of accommodation with white society. And when you pause to think about it logically this makes sense that um, people struggle against the conditions, adverse conditions um, that uh, face them uh, irrespective of whether or not historians or history students are paying attention. Struggle is virtually always there in history. In the 1890s, the dominant and most high-profile figure uh, within the black American community to rise to prominence is Booker T. Washington. Um, in 1900, he published his memoirs, The Story of My Life. He was born in 1856, a slave in West Virginia, and by his death in 1915, had become a controversial figure within the uh, black American community and within the United States in general. He espoused ideas of um, self-improvement and education. Um, he argued that black Americans were owed nothing by uh, white people and by the United States in general and would only really uh, learn to better their status through hard work uh, and education. And if they wish to prosper in America, then these are the things that, that um, blacks would have to do. One of the reasons why Booker T. Washington said these sorts of things is because it's closely mirrored his own personal story. And he uh, did what most people tend to do and projected his experience onto others as if it were a template for personal self-advancement. Booker T. Washington had studied at the Hampton Institute, which was a college founded by freedmen after the Civil War, and he was given the job of first principal of a new college, the Tuskegee Normal and Industrial Institute, later just abbreviated to the Tuskegee Institute, which was an all-black university in Alabama, which became dedicated to Booker T. Washington's uh, cause of uh, black education and black education, particularly in uh, agriculture and trades. The institute was built by hand by black students. Uh, the uh, bricks were made by black students and the timber was cut by them. Washington was able to raise funds to create hundreds of other small schools, colleges and institutes 
uh, across the US and was committed to this process as he believed this was the um, way in which black Americans would be able to advance themselves in the United States. Uh, the year after um, the publishing, publication of The Story of My Life, a new version of uh, Washington's memoirs, Up From Slavery, a slightly more kind of polished version um, of the book, uh, was published. Um, and this was largely for the benefit of a white audience. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The book became an international bestseller, partly because it said many of the things that white audiences wanted to read. That here was a slave that really bore white people no ill will, was willing to adopt many of the dominant ideas within American society, and was willing to, you know, let bygones be bygones, knuckle down and work within a system of um, pre-existing ideas about uh, success and thrift, hard work and enterprise. And most importantly, it wasn't a, a former slave discussing the thorny topic of compensation. In fact, Booker T uh, suggested, or stated even, that black people were owed nothing um, and would only only um, monies and benefit or any wealth really that they would ever command would be that of their own labours and this was an entirely uh, moral and righteous way for them to go about things. The historian Kevin Verney in his book uh, The Debate on Black Civil Rights in America says Up From Slavery rapidly became an international bestseller and in the more than 100 years since its initial publication, has never been out of print. This success can be attributed to the fact that with Thrasher, it talks about Max Bennett Thrasher, who was the ghostwriter, with Thrasher's insistence, Washington carefully contrived to project an image of himself that was designed to appeal to the conservative racial and social values of his day. If committed to racial uplift, 
he was crucially uh, non-threatening in tone. Rather than resenting his slave childhood, he was grateful to the institution of slavery for instilling in him Christian values and a Puritan commitment to hard work and self-discipline. As mentioned, Washington believed in an industrial education for black Americans. The uh, benefits that he saw in teaching practical skills like bricklaying and cooking and carpentry instead of uh, academic topics such as maths, the classics, history and sciences were an indication of his ambitions for black Americans and where he thought their aspirations uh, should lie or what the limits of those aspirations should actually be. Booker T. Washington attracted the ire of W.E.B. Du Bois, the foremost African-American intellectual of the 1890s through to the post-war or the interwar era. Du Bois, a Harvard um, graduate who worked as a public intellectual, historian, journalist and a civil rights campaigner, said that the focus on manual skills, on carpentry and trades and that kind of thing would create a service class in America of uh, blacks who were good for little other than, you know, the best they could hope for would be uh, skilled working class roles. And this would mean that there would be, um, their position might be improved a bit, but not very much. Booker T. Washington was therefore, in the eyes of Du Bois, and I think this is a legitimate argument to make, colluding against other black Americans and helping to provide a white America with a labour pool of skilled workers who would only be able to rise to a certain level, thus keeping the racially segregated economy uh, unthreatened and unchallenged, and thus keeping uh, elite jobs and roles, and therefore wealth, in white hands. Washington's fame and his uh, celebrity saw him invited to the White House and fated uh, by uh, heads of industry. Um, he was seen essentially as a, a safe pair of hands, the sort of Negro that white America could do business with, in essence. Du Bois said that a far more urgent task, instead of teaching black Americans uh, the basics of gradual economic advancement, was to give them an education in uh, politics, uh, civil rights and law. And this would insert them into the heart of the political process where real change occurs. And whilst it's no, there's no doubt that Booker T. Washington cared about black people, and there's no question that he sought you know, to actively undermine them. He believed that their advancement existed within certain parameters. It's possible that he viewed this as hard-headed realism and thought that uh, any real attempt at full equality between black and white people would spark more violence and perhaps reignite 
and tensions in the south that could lead to a, another civil war. But he was certain that it was vitally important not to challenge white supremacy at all. By placing the emphasis for advancement on self-improvement as opposed to uh, solidarity and um, the development of mass political movements to bring about change, Booker T. Washington effectively undermined uh, civil rights efforts and the politics of self-advancement obviously places the responsibility for self-improvement on the shoulder of the individual and the blame for failure on them as well. It depoliticizes the entire concept of uh, inequality between black and white. And because Booker T. Washington had been successful, he had come up from slavery, it was implicitly, and indeed not so implicitly, actually explicitly uh, stated that if Booker T. Washington could achieve these sorts of things, then anyone could, and this negates the argument for any other kind of approach. You know, it's possible to go from being a slave to being the principal of a college, uh, and if you don't follow this path yourself, then really you only have yourself to blame, as the sort of the subtext. Booker T. Washington was, of course, uh, espousing a value at the end of the 19th century that was prevalent in, Amer in American society, the idea of individual effort, or rugged individualism as it would be known in the 1920s, and the idea that this explained success or failure far greater than any social context, and the idea that one could be born into poverty, and it could indeed actually be a poverty trap created by economic, social and political forces, out with the control of the individual, uh, this is often airbrushed from the rather more romantic kind of Horatio T. Alger rags to riches narrative, uh, where with a bit of pluck and hard work, anyone can be a success. Whilst Booker T. Washington had his critics amongst men like W.B. Du Bois, there were also African-American writers that rather admired him. Um, one of Booker T's contemporaries, Carter Woodson, um, who later laid the foundations, really, of Black History Month. Um, he saw education, once again, as a key issue in the development of African Americans and saw Booker T. Washington as one of the, kind of the giants of uh, black, black American uh, society in uh, the United States. And both black and white journalists, historians and intellectuals lauded him and uh, referred to him as the kind of a, the builder of uh, black American civilization and praised him with this kind of rather antiquated term of, of racial uplift. He was uplifting the race. And Washington was seen as a heroic figure, really, until the, the 1940s. And it was only from the 50s onwards that a new critique of Booker T. Washington emerged, looking at him as a more flawed individual and uh, appraising critically his strengths and failings. So what we can see from Booker T. Washington here is that in this period of uh, almost unprecedented crisis for black Americans, 
there was one, at least one significant figure in the guise of Washington who believed that uh, the only way forward was a kind of accommodation within the existing power structures of uh, white-dominated America that an attempt for full uh, emancipation and equality would challenge uh, the pre-existing uh, systems of power to uh, an extent that would be unacceptable and so accepting a servile position though one which was far uh, great far improved from uh, that of uh, immediate that the black Americans found themselves immediately after emancipation was the best that was on offer and this amounted to a conflict free uh, racial conservatism that uh, placed black Americans in uh, an economic uh, position of servility and even though education was involved, it was education with certain parameters and limitations uh, placed upon it. Booker T. Washington obviously suggested that after a lengthy period of hard work and study and effort and graft over several generations, then black Americans might earn the right to be treated uh, with civility and dignity. I'll be returning to the theme of the period 1890-1915 in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned to this because it really is a very important uh, area of study and uh, if you're studying the civil rights era and you want some help or a few pointers about what to read, always drop me a line. It's great to hear from listeners uh, and I look forward to catching up with you all soon. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.